This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be a dog till I die. Between the hedges, look it fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'm going to do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense going to turn up, but the defense going to win us the game. All right, welcome into another edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. I'm your host Corey Burton. We got a special show, uh, but joining me is my co-host, fresh off the Tuesday night special. It's Israel Troop. Israel, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? How you doing, man? I'm 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 good, man. We're getting ready to to wind down the season, getting ready, you know, for our last regular season game. Uh, before we head into playoffs, if we win, not only will it be a major upset, but it will shake up the apple cart and I think create a four-way tie at the top of the uh, region. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out. So, um, but in the, in the words of Al Davis, just win, baby, and then let everything else take care of itself. That's it. That's it. We uh, we played a Tuesday night special, as you said. Uh, we had to make up a game due to uh, COVID reasons. Um, you know, not the not the way we wanted to end it last night, but you know we're getting better every week, and you know the games up front don't matter right now. We're worried about region that starts next uh, Friday, so we still have a chance to win the region title and host the playoff game. So all's not lost on our end. Okay, that sounds good, man. I mean, it was long, as long as you still got the goals ahead of you. I guess that's all that matters, right? So that's um, it. Yeah, we had to. We were scheduled for Friday. Uh, we had a chance to play Thursday when the weather was good. Uh, we were going to take a chance that the 60% was going to be scattered and, and hopefully it was going to miss us all or come earlier in the afternoon and you know we were going to be able to get around it. But instead, a severe thunderstorm just plopped itself over our school at 630 and it, and it severe thunderstormed and thundered and lightning until about 730. The opposing team said, yeah, we're not going to wait through this stuff. Let's just go ahead and... Uh, let's just go ahead and, and, and postpone, and we'll we'll come back here and do this thing tomorrow night. And so uh, we came back. The rain still didn't clear away, but there was no lightning, so we were able to play. Um, special teams is important, Israel. I don't know if you know that. Uh, we learned that, again, the hard way. We uh, we gave up a punt. We gave up a uh, – we our punter fumbled, uh, for t- uh, and they returned it for a touchdown. And then we gave up the opening kickoff to the second half for a touchdown so 
14 really easy points uh, for the opponent just on uh, special teams. That is a momentum backbreaking killer. So um, yeah. special teams, man, special teams. Special teams will get you beat. Uh, special teams and turnover will get you beat in any game. So um, that, that that's the way of football. You know, everything can be hitting offense, defensively, and then all of a sudden a turnover or a big, big special teams blunder. Next thing you know, you find yourself behind on the scoreboard. So it, it's very all, – all, all aspects of the game are very important, but special teams is by far one of the most important. No doubt. And uh, I want to uh, mention that our show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Some interesting uh, spreads this week. And uh, from outside of the SEC, you have Ohio State 12-point favorites over Penn State, over under 63.5 Israel. Uh, an early look at this game. What, what do you think here? Man, I'm shocked by that Indiana-Penn State game. Uh, more mm-hmm. so is Indiana. I knew Indiana had, had some talented guys coming back. Um, and they showed that it might be the real deal this year over there um, in the Big Ten. So um, they came out and shot the nifty lines of, of Penn State. So I'm interested to see how they bounce back against Ohio State because um, – and the game against Nebraska, uh, Ohio State came out a little slow. But, I mean, middle ways to that first quarter, they picked it up and they picked it up well. So it's going to be interesting to see how Penn State bounced back and can Justin Fields and Ohio State offense keep doing what they're doing in that defense just keep routes of football. So that's going to be a good game this weekend. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I, I, mean, I think Ohio State will eventually – I think they'll cover and cover late, but I, I think they're just there's just too much firepower with the with the, uh, with the the Buckeyes. A couple games that surprised me, a couple teams that surprised me was Rutgers and Indiana. There is actually no line on that game, uh, but Rutgers is a tough out. Northwestern and Iowa. Iowa is still two-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't know why, but Northwestern put up – uh, almost 600 yards of total offense on Maryland. Yes, it is Maryland, but uh, nonetheless, um, they put up, you know, almost 500 yards of total offense there. And then, of course, Michigan is 24 and a half point favorites over Michigan State. Any of those lines uh, stand out to you? Purdue is seven seven point favorites over Illinois. Anything stand out to you on those lines? I'm interested in that Indiana uh, Rutgers game. Rutgers came out last week. Uh, Michigan State, if not mistaken, they came they, out looking great. They forced um, seven turnovers. So, um, that's going to be a great game. Yes, that's going to be a great game between those two. Can it, can Indiana keep keep rolling? Um, that's going to be the thing. Can they keep rolling? And um, I mean, just the Big Ten right now is just, they, they look good. Mi- Michigan surprised me last week against Minnesota. Um, they came out looking good. They looked like the Michigan of old a little bit last week. You know, being really really nitty gritty on defense and making some a couple plays on um, offense. Um, so. I mean that's that's going to be a really interesting game in Michigan State. I think I think after a while they'll they'll, they'll figure it out um, with Coach Chuck being over there. So um, how do they bounce back this week? I'll, a couple of these games are just going to be bounce back games for a couple of teams. Um, so we'll we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I've, I was really impressed with Joe Milton, quarterback of uh, the Michigan Wolverines. I think they're doing a great job over there with Josh Gaddis. I think he's gonna he's a star in the making in the coaching world. Uh, so look out for him. I think Harbaugh is going to bounce to the NFL. And um, if if I was Michigan, I would probably just promote Josh Gaddis uh, from within and and call it a day because I think he's an extremely talented coach and a lot of success they're going to have offensively is due to him. Uh, I think Harbaugh has turned the reins over and has trusted him and I think has entered the 21st century for the first time ever, um, him and his Dockers. 
And so I, I think it's uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for the conference at Michigan. It is good. So uh, from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well. That never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so Israel, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Believe in Dogs. You can find me on Twitter personally at Coach Burton36 and me personally on Instagram uh, at Burton.Corey. Uh, where, can we, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Troopstar. I'm on Twitter and on Instagram. All right, so make sure you hit us up. Uh, subscribe, rate, and uh, review the show. Give us some feedback. Give us a follow. Uh, let us know. Grow the uh, believe in grow the believe in dogs army. So, um, George was on a bye this past week, so not much to talk about as far as uh, game action for for Georgia. It's probably much needed by after a physical uh, matchup with Alabama. Uh, we got a chance to kind of look at some of the other games around the conference. Uh, some very interesting things happened. Uh, Jalen Waddle goes down uh, first play of the Tennessee game. Uh, the uh, the Auburn. Ole Miss game was a little bit exciting, uh, and uh, I guess Missouri continues to surprise us, and, and South Carolina just laid an egg. So uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with the first game of the day: Auburn and Ole Miss. Uh, Auburn coming out 35-28 uh, victors in that matchup. Um, not necessarily wrong about Ole Miss. I thought they did everything they could to win that game. Um, obviously, you know, when you get help from the officials and, and get a terrible call, even on and, and you can't see the finger bending back on replay, it's kind of hard to win in those circumstances. And, and I guess Lane Kiffin just went ahead and said, hey, you know what? I don't care. I'll take the $25,000 fine. I'm going to criticize the officials, which he has every right to. That was terrible. Man, that, that was so bad. And even on the replay, you know, it's hard to see. But if you watch, if you go back and watch that replay, you clearly see his hand move because he touched the football, you know. So that should be old Miss's ball, you know, right there. And they win the football game. The fact, the simple fact they didn't even go and review it, you know, is mind boggling to me. They just told Lane Kiffin on the side, like, hey, we're not going to review it. Um, you know, he didn't touch the football, blah, blah, blah. But. I mean, they did a replay. You see his fingers move. I just don't understand how you don't. If a coach asks you to review it, I think you should do the due diligence and review it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not upset with Lane Kiffin for that. You know, he no, he's he has a he has a job to do. Um, you know, keep keeping the faith with his players and going to bat for his players. And I think I don't. I just don't understand how Auburn just keeps squeaking by in these games and nobody said anything. You know, Arkansas game that was clearly one. This game is clearly one. Auburn should be. Um, one and four. They should be one and four right now. Mm-hmm. Um, with those two losses that they just squeaked by, I just don't understand how the conference and those officials just miss keep missing it. You know, I don't know if it's just because they don't want to see it or what, but it's it's mind boggling to me that they've squeaked by two times in late in the game with mind with not not mind but um with questionable calls from the officials. Yeah, it's 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 bad. I mean, I this one might have been worse than the Arkansas one, honestly. But um, so all that aside, I, I think Lane Kiffin has done a good, done a great job. I mean, he is every every chance he's gotten in his press conferences, he's addressed it and and doubled down on it. And and so the players, 
I mean, that, that's got to sit well with the players. You know, that's got to be one of those things where they're looking and say, hey, man, this guy's got our back. Let's let's go fight hard for him and, and let's go finish this season strong. I mean, that's got to that's got to be something, right? Most definitely, if a coach is willing to get tagged with a $25,000 fine for you, I mean, that's got to say a lot for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that defense is getting better and better each week, you know. Um, so I, I think they've got the right piece. I think they're a year or two out from being really, really good. They're missing mm-hmm. some pieces here and there. But um, Ole Miss is going to be, be is going to be a force to be reckoned with over there in the West. And Lane's going to keep being Lane. He's going to keep defending his players. He's a perfect – he's a player's coach. Uh, like we talk about all the time. So I think he's doing a great job. And I think Ole Miss is on the brink of being something special over there. Yeah, it's gonna. this conference is going to get really interesting. Um, you know, all officiating aside, what, what do we make of Auburn? Are they just, you know, they're lucky, of course. Um, but, I mean, they played well at times. I think Tank Bigsby is, is turning into a star. I mean, what what can we look at, positives, negatives? I mean, is this the end of the road for Gus? I mean, it. Do you, I, I still – I mean, it was a little bit better, but I, I just – to me, I just still – don't see the players buying in 100% to Gus anymore. Yeah, I don't I, I don't see it. Um, I, I see him playing hard on defense for Coach Steele. Um, that's just because it's Coach Steele, and he's going to make him do what he wants to do anyway. But, you know, as a head coach, you know, over there at Auburn, you know, it's just I, – I, there, there may be a disconnect between him and the players at some point, you know, because they, they just don't seem to, to rally toward him, you know. At Georgia, you know, they rally toward the energy of Coach Smart. Um, at Alabama, saving, you know, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, you know, even at Missouri, you know, right now with their head coach. So, I mean, those players are – and the prime example is Arkansas with Coach Pittman. So, those players are rallying around their head coach. And I don't see that at Auburn right now. So, I don't know if it's a disconnect or what's going on, you know. And I, and I never want to speculate because you never know what's going on in anybody's backyard. But, you know, there, there's clearly a, a – a disconnect between players players and head coach over there. So maybe they'll figure it out um, later on um, as, as time goes on. But there, there's something that needs to be done. I don't know what it is, but maybe they'll figure it out. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, they, they got to figure something out. But, you know, maybe they're going to have to figure out how to scrounge up the money for his buyout. That's what they're going to have to do um, because I, I think they're done with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's getting ugly over there. And, and they're three and two, should be one and four. I I just don't understand how they keep skating by. So, um, but we'll put that one to bed. Uh, Ole Miss should have won that game. Could have won that game. Ole Miss getting better. Auburn uh, kind of stagnant and slightly getting worse. Uh, Alabama Tennessee. That was the CBS game. Um, that was that turned into a snooze fest. Tennessee played hard. Uh, you can't fault their effort. They're they're playing hard, uh, but they yeah. just. They just don't have it, man. They just do not have it. Uh, their quarterback situation is dreadful. Uh, they can't. They're so one-dimensional offensively. They just. They just can't get out of their own way. Um, and then it doesn't help that Alabama is pretty good. So um, that's a game we got right. That's a game we nailed. I don't think there was any doubt in picking Alabama in, in a twenty-one point spread. So um, anything stand out? I mean, Jalen Waddle went down. Uh, pretty. Pretty nasty uh, ankle injury. Uh, and and uh, you know, it just seems like there's all these major injuries that happen at Neyland Stadium. I, I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but um, anything else stand out to you in this game? or Just the fact that, you know, when one goes down, another one steps up in Alabama. And then and that's that's the recipe of the next 17. One goes down, next person gets the opportunity and, and makes plays. So they got horses everywhere. I mean, Coach Sarkeesian's doing a great job offensively with those guys. When one goes down, he, he alters it, puts another guy in, and they don't miss a beat. So 
they are doing a great job offensively. And the defense looked pretty good too. Um, you know, it is Tennessee. I understand that, but they they look like they're they're starting to figure things out over there at um, Alabama. Um, Tennessee, on the other hand, um, I think they played hard, like you said, but the, at the quarterback position, they're just struggling. I don't know who who's the guy is. I still haven't seen Harrison Bailey yet. Um, so it's it's. It's, it's different over there right now because they I don't I don't think they have an identity of what they want to do where they want to throw it or where they want to run it so um, I think they'll figure it out here soon but I mean you can't you can't knock the effort because I think they play hard the whole entire game especially that defense yeah exactly I mean you get a free year of eligibility first of all due to COVID all right that's an NCAA thing they're two and three they're getting worse every week with 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 Garantano they're not much better with Stroud they're not much better with Maurer. At this point, and I, I said it two weeks ago, at this point, A, why is Harrison Bailey not ready? B, what do you have to lose to get him ready? Because he's gonna be he's gonna be a hell of a quarterback for you. I mean, you signed him for a reason. Yes. I, I, I think I it's time. Him, I saw the man time play to go in person. I, yes, I saw him play in person. I think I think right now, um they're, they're bye week whenever they have one. Um, I think they need to give him some reps and let him go in there and run with the ones and see what he does. Um, and like you Can't say, he has an of eligibility anyway. So, you know, just give him a shot. Let, let him go in there, especially in mop-up work, you know, at the end of the game. You know, let him get in there and get his feet wet. You know, let him, let him get a taste of SEC and see how he does. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see. Go ahead. I said it can't get any worse. No, no, it can't. So um, just let let him let let's see what he does and see how it works. So we'll see how it goes. So Tennessee, again, it just it's frustrating because Tennessee could be. I mean, Tennessee used to be a powerhouse, uh, and and, mm-hmm. and they and they very well could be, and, and I think they got the right guy to build. But it's just taking him so long to build, and, and Tennessee fans are getting impatient. Which you know, you get impatient, and you lose Pruitt. You know, I, I think that you're going to, I think you're going to regret that ultimately. I, I think there does need to be some shakeup on the offensive staff. I think things have gotten stagnant there, and you know the the lack of quarterback development. I I think at that level, when you're making 1.6 million dollars, is unacceptable. And so I, I think it's you know I think it's time for for a shakeup yeah. there. And and so you know I'll uh you know I'm gonna get in touch with with Coach Pruitt and see if I can't get on over there as offensive coordinator. Um, and uh, I mean, he can pay me. He can pay me a quarter of what he's paying Cheney, and I'll uh, I'll make sure that Harrison Bailey's ready to go. So, you, you, you coming I'm on board? You know, you just got just got to get him ready to play. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to go. You just got to get him ready to play. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I love Coach Cheney to death. You know, I've, I've had great conversations when he was at Georgia. Um, I think he does a great job, but something's got to change over there. And I don't mm-hmm. know whether it's it's him leaving or him getting more help from um, his position coaches and stuff like that. Because, I mean, you have three offensive coordinators on staff and T. Martin and Chris Winkie, you know, so three quarterback guys that, you know, know what they're doing. So um, we'll just see how it goes, and and hopefully they'll write that ship soon. Well, speaking of a team who is starting to write the ship, uh, they're sitting at 2-2 two and two right now. That's the Missouri Tigers. Uh, big win at home against Kentucky, 20-10. to 10. Kentucky – they're two and three. I just I, I can't figure them out. Can't figure Kentucky out. We're gonna uh, we're we're gonna uh, as a little preview. We're gonna go on with Vinny Hardy and Tony Delk of the Believe in Kentucky show to 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 try to get some answers on what's going on with Kentucky. But you know, to me, I, I just can't figure them out. Um, and and uh, what I what I can figure out is that Missouri is starting to kind of buy into what Coach Drinkwitz is is selling. I think 
Uh, offensively, they're starting to find some answers. Connor Basilic, Basilic, I don't know how you say his name, but he's good. 21 of 30, 201 yards. Uh, extremely efficient. Uh, no touchdowns, but you know Larry Roundtree uh, scored a pair. Uh, for him to to kind of help him out, but I mean, I think this this Missouri offense is starting to kind of put some things together. They're starting to figure some things out, and uh, they're they're getting better each and every week. They're getting incrementally better each and every week, and that's what you want to see for a team that completely blew up their staff in in a COVID world and uh, and and start and essentially started over. I mean, they went to. I mean, when I say they shifted philosophies, they shifted philosophies. So, um, you know, what do you make of this this matchup? Is it is it more of do you think it's more of Missouri just performing better each week, or, or is it kind of a, or is it kind of Kentucky just disappointing? I think it's more of Missouri performing better each week. Um, I think Coach Drinkowitz is doing a great job. Um, I think, like you said, I think those guys are are buying into what it, what he's selling. Um, so um, they did one thing against Kentucky, and we all knew what it was. They took the runaway. They, they took the runaway and made them pass. And you, as you see. Kentucky's not very good passing the football, so um, I think Missouri, Missouri's going to be a team to, to be, a, be a force to be reckoned with in the East. I'm looking forward to that matchup with Georgia later on um, this season. So um, they're getting better and better each week, and as you can see, the, the teams that have new coaches are getting better and better each week. Um, and that's the thing that you got to do in this league to be successful. So um, Kentucky's Kentucky. Um, I think they're one dimensional, and like I said, once you take that dimension away of them running the football then you, you got them beat. So um, I think that defense is really good. Um, but the more you keep putting them out there on the field, the, the less product productivity you're going to get from them later on in the game. So uh, we'll see how they adjust and see what happens later on the season. Well, actually, especially this Saturday against Georgia. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get an early preview on that as well. Uh, talk about a few things. But, you know, with uh, the, 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 the last game of the weekend, there was only four SEC matchups. Uh, LSU – hosted South Carolina. Uh, LSU didn't seem to have any issues with their freshman quarterback, TJ Finley, 17 of 21, 265 and two touchdowns. Uh, then you have Tyrion Davis-Price, who who emerged as the top ball carrier at 22 uh, rushes for 135 and, and a score. Uh, so, you know, what, what do you make of this LSU team? You know, they're, they're explosive at times, and, and they were explosive Saturday night. South Carolina – Every time I give them props, every time I give them props, Israel, they they let me down, uh, especially defensively. They couldn't stop a nosebleed Saturday night. Man, this one, we we were both wrong on this one. Um, that the quarterback from LSU, I mean, he just looked so poised Saturday night. He he looked like he was unbothered. Looked like he's been ready to go the whole time, and it showed um, offensively. And and our defense just they they just let us down. You know, they they uh, well not us, but let them down. Uh, South Carolina, they they just couldn't they just couldn't stop them. They couldn't hold them. They, I mean, they're breaking plays and people are running wide open down the field. And it was just just one of those things. And as as an OC, and you know, once you start getting down, you try to press a little bit, try to make things happen. And you know, um, LSU's defense finally showed up. Uh, the one game that they do and made South Carolina just just look little, um, pretty much the whole entire night. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back after this one because that that one was rough to watch and. Um, I think I think South Carolina is still going to be good this year. Um, I don't see anything that's just eye glaring, but they're they're missing some dudes on defense. Mm-hmm. They they are they're they're way behind the eight ball on defense. Uh, um, until until the defense gets better, I think the offense is going to have to win games. But you know, 
playing against an LSU team that was ready and out for blood, um, especially to protect that freshman quarterback, you know, it's just it just didn't work out in their favor at all. No, not at all. And uh, I think it's just it's just one of those nights, I guess. You know, where, where you just don't seem to have it. Um, you know, they're they're good. You know, they're they're, they're two and three. They're they're up and down. Uh, they're, they're a team that lost a lot to uh, to the NFL, and and they had some you know they had some turnover within the staff, but same same overall leadership with Will Muschamp, and they're just a team that's in transition right now. And so you know, naturally, you're probably going to get a lot of up and down performances. And you know, uh, same with LSU, they lost a ton of not uh, defections and NFL draft people and things like that. And, and, you know, you're seeing that as well with LSU ebbing and flowing. And, and this is just two teams that are, that are on the same kind of roller coaster. And so uh, LSU was on an upswing, South Carolina was on a downswing and when they met and uh, that's why the score was uh, lopsided. So uh, TJ Finley had a great night. Does that mean anything for miles Brennan is miles Brennan uh, the new backup now, or do, do you start TJ Finley or, you know, what what do you make of the quarterback situation at LSU? Man, I think they got I think they got a controversy on their hands over there now. Um, it just depends on who plays better. I think he came out um, and showed what he can do. So I mean, you got, you definitely got to put him in the mix. Um, so I think right now you just go who has the better game. Um, is it going to be Finley or is it going to be Brandon? Now you know let let him battle it out and whoever has a better week goes out there and starts now. So. Um, you know, obviously it wasn't his fault because he didn't drink or anything like that, but to have a freshman go out there and do the things he did, do we want to stay with an older guy um, or do we want to or we want to build with this young guy? I think that's a decision that they're going to have to make. I mean, you're sitting, at, you're sitting at two and two, so, I mean, your season could, I mean, literally could go either way, but, I mean, if you got a freshman that's playing this well, you know, r- ride the heater, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's a tough call because, you know, you, you got the veteran guy, um that has the experience. Well, I mean, he doesn't really have that much experience because Joe Burrow was the quarterback last year. So, I mean, they're kind of in the same boat experience wise. So, I, I I don't see it. I don't see a, a massive advantage or disadvantage to this. I think they're kind of the. I think they're kind of the same cat. So, I mean, I think all else equal, you go with the guy that's going to be with you longer, maybe. And you yeah, know, I think I think you go with the guy that you can build a program around. Um, so I think both of those freshmen, I think uh, Philly showed that he's the better one out of the two. So I think you, I think got to run with him. Hey, I'm 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 with you there. So uh, putting putting week eight to bed. Uh, moving on, looking to week nine. Uh, got a good uh, got a good SEC slate uh, that we're going to kind of talk about and preview. Um, you know LSU Auburn. Um, that's a that's a weird matchup. I think LSU will beat the brakes off of them. Uh, Ole Miss Vandy. That'll be a good uh, get back in the groove um, game for for Ole Miss, uh, Alabama, Mississippi State. That's a thirty-one point line, buying every bit of that. Uh, Arkansas A&M and Missouri Florida. We'll kind of talk about these here in a little bit. Uh, the one the the noon kickoff from uh, from the grocery bag uh, at Kroger Field. That's uh, that's Georgia taking on the the Wildcats. So uh, looks like Stetson Bennett is still the quarterback. Uh, no surprise there. Um, not real sure how the uh, how the reps were doled out during uh, during the bye week, but it it does look like uh, Stetson Bennett will take uh, the the first snaps again. So what uh, you know, what do we make of this matchup? What what are the keys here? What you know what what are the early things to look for? Um, just to see how well Georgia bounces back. Um, just to see how how well that off week went for them. 
um, to see how um, how practice went. You know, the, the stats will work on some things that they tweak some things offensively. Um, how are they going to come? I think that first job is going to be very important um, offensively. How do they come out that first job against Kentucky? Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I think the defense is going to be fine. Um, I think they had a wake-up call last week, you know, especially some things they got to get get better with in the secondary and getting pressure on the quarterback and things like that. So, I mean, I'm more interested to see how does Georgia's offense bounce back, you know, after a, after a very good first half against a, a very good Alabama team. Um, so, how, how do they how do they bounce back and finish the ball game against Kentucky is what I'm interested in offensively. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you just want to see this offense continue to progress as far as that goes. You want to see you want to see if if Bennett can learn from the mistakes he made in the Alabama game, which I mean, I I think he left a lot of yards and a lot of production out there on the field just with missed missed opportunities, things like that. We want to see if he can maneuver in the pocket, climb the pocket, uh, maneuver side to side in the pocket to find himself some windows to throw through and and uh, you know, you want to see just him more comfortable within the concepts and, and finding receivers and and taking advantage. You know, I always say you can't go broke making a profit. And, you know, if you can get the ball out to somebody like James Cook, that's usually going to that's usually going to benefit you. That's usually going to go well for you um, as a team if you can get the ball in the hands of guys like that or if you can figure out some way to get Pickens to, to do something besides a, a go route or a back shoulder throw. Uh, take advantage of, of what he can do well, plus kind of add to his route tree. I think Kyrus Jackson needs to have a big game uh, or continue to have you know an, another big game and, and continue on the, the momentum that he has in this season. So, I mean, you just got to see some of these things develop and some of these things um, evolve into, you know, w- what they were earlier in the season, which is just trying to get on the same page to now, uh, let's go out and make some big chunk plays and big explosive plays because those are the things that, those are the things that, not only kill momentum for your opponent, those are things that gives you confidence, and then you start, then, then that ball starts rolling. Um, one, you know, yeah, go ahead. I say most definitely because I mean, once you and you know what as I do, once a once an offensive uh, team makes a, a big play down the field, you know, the whole stance and that that momentum just changes. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we're missing. We're missing those big explosive plays. Yes, we're good at making first down stuff like that, but we're missing those big home run touchdown plays. Um, so I'm interested to see how, how how they did this week. Um, I think I think Coach Munker, as we said, is the guy. I think he's doing a great job, and I'm interested to see how he bounces back from last week. Um, how does he get James Cook involved just a little bit more every week? Every week, give him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that's it. Just just seeing how. How can we get more explosive? Is what I'm looking forward to uh, this weekend. Yeah, and anytime, anytime you're uh, as a brand new offensive coordinator, I'm sure you went through this at, you know, when you when you when you latched on at Valwood, and you know, I went through this when I latched on at at Hillwood. You know, my first year at Hillwood was, you could say it was a disaster. Um, it kind of was, but we we got we got a little bit better throughout the year as far as moving the ball. Uh, and and kind of understanding what what offensive football is all about, but you know, in order to get to explosive plays, you have to build, and it's a foundation. You know, you build and build and build. You know, you build from moving the ball, getting first downs, controlling the clock. Then you move into finishing drives, and and all this kind of moves at the same pace. So you kind of like go from like, hey, let's move the ball and let's finish drives, um, and then you you look to see, okay. How can we take some of these concepts and make them 
more explosive? How can we get these 20-plus yard plays? How can we hit these home runs? And and you're starting to see it more now. You're starting to see it a little bit. You know, you had James Cook, you had James Cook on that one. Uh, I think it was, was it 60 yards, 65 yards, something like that, where Stetson yeah, hit him over the top? he's matched up on a linebacker. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, on, he's on a linebacker, and that's what you got to do. They're not going to put a corner on him because you got Kyrgios Jackson and, and uh, Pinkins out there. So you got to put a linebacker on him and let him go to work against that linebacker. So. Yeah, and if they change personnel groups, then then it should be uh, beneficial to run on. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's just finding those matchups, you know, getting getting defenses in the coverages that you want and then the fronts that you want and, and being able to go from reacting to what the defense is doing to dictating what the defense is going to do and how they're going to play you. And so I think that's the mark of a great offense. You know, Alabama does it. Alabama dictates how you play against them. They dictate your coverage. And then once they can dictate your coverage, you're more predictable because obviously they're dictating it and obviously they're, uh, you know, you know, they're laying out the terms. So I, I think that's important for this offense to be able to learn how to do is is kind of impose their – style of play on, on defenses instead of just saying, okay, they're going to play us like that, so we're, we're, we're going to do this, instead of just saying, hey, we're going to force them by getting by creating matchups. We're going to force them into the personnel groups that we want out of certain formations, and then we're going to do whatever we, we want and, and feel like doing. So um, that's that's something I'm looking forward to as, as Todd Monken uh, progresses through the season. Um, as we get through this Kentucky game, and on into Florida. That's our next huge test. I mean, every every game's a test in the SEC, but our next huge test is uh, is the Florida game and see, seeing what we can do against the Gators. So, uh, what about the running backs, Israel? I mean, you know, that, that's a, that's an interesting room. You know, you have Zamir White, James Cook, you have Kendall Milton now uh, emerging. Kenny McIntosh, um, he's a little banged up, but. You know, I, I think it's a, it's an it's an interesting room. It's a dynamic room. It's a it's becoming one of my favorite uh, position groups. Yes, I think Coach McGee's doing a great job. Uh, he's one of the best recruiters that I, that I've ever seen. I mean, he's getting those guys buy into what he's what he's selling too. Um, I think he uses them as he's been using them. You know, what what do they do well? You know, uh, certain plays are meant for certain people. We know Zamir White's your downhill, get you a yard or two, and maybe break one. Um, you know, Kendall Milton's your uh, – he reminds me a lot of um, – oh, man, what's his name in Alabama, the running back? I can't – I just Najee have Harris. a brain fart. He reminds me a lot of Najee Harris. You know, they're, they're the same size. I saw a picture of him um, after the game, and I was like, good Lord, he's a big he's a big young. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's, your, he's your space guy. Get him out um, on, the, on the edge and stuff like that. And James Cook is your, your receiver. Um, put him in a slot. You know, you can you can line them up at running back and flare them out. You know, give them the ball on bubble screen and stuff like that. Um, so I mean, you got a you got a room of guys that do certain things very well, and it's just important of putting them in the game and putting them in a situation where that's where they can succeed. And I think Coach McGee and Coach Muck have done a great job of putting guys where they need to be in certain situations. Um, and we reap the benefits of that. Now it's just the point of finishing those drives, like we talked about earlier, and putting points on the board. So I think they're doing a great job as far as putting guys in the game. Um, situation, like I said, where they need to be um, for certain plays, and um, now just going in, punching in for touchdown. Yeah, just finishing drives and, and and seeing what we can get. So it'll be exciting to kind of see what what this what this Georgia offense can do and and what they can how they can progress through uh, through the course of the season. This defense, though, um, you know, it's always rough trying to cover Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. They'll they'll make any defensive. Uh, backfield look look pretty silly, but you know, 
I think for, for Georgia's defenses, they've just got to do a better job on the back end of if we're going to be more aggressive up front with blitzes, they've got to do a better job of communicating and, and playing fundamentally sound because, you know, if, if you're late against a lot of receivers in this conference, if you're if you're late getting your hips turned and, and running, you're going to get burnt. And, you know, safeties have got to learn to, to, to understand – what their limitations are, and, and if you're going to send a corner blitz, those safeties have got to be ready and have themselves in position. I think uh, the John Mechie touchdown, you know, you had, I think it was, was it Tyson Campbell? Who was it that was, uh, no, Lewis Seen. Uh, you know, I think yeah. he's got to realize his technique and say, okay, well, how am I going to play this uh, if he tries to go over the top? And, and you've always got to look at worst-case scenario in that regard. Most definitely. I mean, once you got a corner blitz, you got to know you got to get over the top right now. You got to make that an underneath route, whether it's just a hitch and make a tackle, you know, or, you know, just you got it. His eyes were in the backfield. Um, I, I watched that game over and over again. And, you know, his eyes are in the backfield because he's thinking run. You know, they bring a corner blitz. And I mean, he hits us over the top for a touchdown, you know, so you got you just got to play. You got to play fundamental ball. Um, I know that's that's not what he was taught, but, you know, it's just guy, he's a guy in there trying to make a play. You know, he thought he saw something. You know, and he just he just missed it. So, you know, you just got to play assignment football there. You know, if you got a corner blitz, safety, you got to get over the top immediately um, and keep everything underneath. Um, so, I think I think that's what they worked on this week. You know, working on those corner blitzes and safeties getting off and understanding that hey, that that's my guy now. Essentially, you're playing man now backside with the safety. You know, so just proper technique and how to get over and and uh, fill that ball whenever that corner leaves. So, um, um, defensively, I mean, there's just not. There's not a lot to say, you know. I, I think you just get back to fundamentals, and guys just doing a job, you know. Um, we brought blitzes, and we just couldn't get to the quarterback. So now it gets to the point where now you got to cover, you know. So being fundamental in your coverages and understanding what coverage we're in, whether it's man or zone, and now it just goes down to doing your job. Once you take care, once you take care of that, now it's just doing your job, and I think we'll be fine defensively. Yeah, no doubt. And just just continuing to wreak havoc and get pressure on the quarterback. You know, it, it, it helps to kind of get things together when Kentucky's so one-dimensional. So you just got to honestly just got to go up, do your job, do your thing, and, and get the ball back to the offense. So, um, you know, I think this game should go uh, should go really well. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's a lot of questions that, that I have that I'll save for uh, for our guy, Vinny Hardy, who does a great job over there at the Believe in Vandy uh, podcast with, with Tony Delk. So um, definitely have to ask Tony Delk about those dadgum denim uniforms you know remind me if i don't remind me to ask him or you ask him if i don't uh we we got to get to the bottom of of what what they were thinking on that so um i know i'd be interested in in in, uh in that and that's kind of an off-topic thing that i think would be fun so um (laughs) so looking at the weekend here um what what other game really stands out to you because we're we're the 11 o'clock game and so you got a whole slate of SEC football, especially in the evening, um, to 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 watch. So what what stands out to you? I'm interested to see how Florida bounces back after being out for two weeks with, due to COVID. Uh, they're playing Missouri, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see can can Missouri keep rolling and keep doing what they're doing? Um, and I'm interested to see how Florida bounces back after being out so well. They're bringing back the old school blues um, down there at the swamp. So I'm interested to see how they bounce back because, I mean, as you and I know um, all too well, you know, when COVID hit, so you're shut down. I mean, there's nothing you can do. I mean, you're, you're limited at with number of practices you can have and number of players that are actually present. And I think they actually shut the whole thing down. 
Yeah, they had it. They just started practicing what Monday, Sunday or yeah. Monday, something like that this week. Yeah. So, um, are, are they rusty? You know, um, how, how do they come out? Um, are they in shape? You know, after being out for those two weeks. So that's what I'm interested. I'm, I'm very interested in that game. Yeah, uh, I am too. I'm kind of, I want to kind of see how they how they respond to all that. And I want to see how uh, Missouri responds to being tested. You know, I, I want to see, you know, how does Alabama, how does the test of Alabama uh, transfer over to Florida? That'll kind of give us an idea of what Missouri learned from their Alabama experience and, and how they apply it to their Florida experience. And we'll have a, a similar journey. I mean, I think. Yeah, I think Missouri did a good job against LSU. So they, they've been tested a little bit already. Um, they're, they're, they've been battle tested, especially against Alabama. Um, so I, I think the test is there. Um, I, it just depends on can Florida uh, bounce back from their COVID outbreak and how they look uh, when they come out. Because I think Missouri is doing a great job right now. They're rolling uh, pretty good. So um, it's going to be a very interesting game. I'm looking forward to that one Saturday. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see if Arkansas can continue their their great play against A&M. A&M, they're ranked eighth in the country. They're looking better. Uh, they're 12.5-point favorites. They're 3-1. and one. Um, but there's still that thing in the back of my mind that just can't get through the fact that Texas A&M is still a roller coaster, and, and you still really don't know which Aggie team you're going to get uh, week in and week yeah. out. And we, we know that Arkansas has been pretty steady with what they're doing. Um, I, I think you, you've got a little bit of ebb and flow with with uh, uh, Felipe Franks, but, I mean, that's to be expected. That's who he is. Uh, so I think that Arkansas is doing a tremendous job of – of building around him and and having guys and supports in place that uh, prevent Felipe Franks from going full Felipe Franks. Tennessee doesn't have that. They're in a similar situation uh, with with Garantano, but they just don't have uh, the ability to to make up for a lot of his mistakes, whereas Arkansas does. And and Arkansas is God Almighty, they're physical. And so I'm interested to yes. see if they can do that on the road um, at Kyle Field. With uh, with the Aggies because the Aggies are playing some pretty good football. So you know the Traylons are going to have to you know Traylon Burks and Traylon Smith are going to have to going to have to step up big and you know Arkansas Arkansas is going to have to put together a complete game here and uh, you know I it's going to take every bit of that. Most definitely, and I think uh, Arkansas will be the most physical team that A and M's faced um, so far. Um, we would think Florida, um, but they they let Florida up so. I think Arkansas is going to be the most physical team that play, and can they just keep riding that wave and keep getting better and better each week? Um, and like you say, you never know what A and M team you're going to get um, whenever they come out. It's a home game, so you know they'll be fired up, and ready to go. But we've also seen where they're fired up, and ready to go, and they lose big time. So um, I think they're. I think Arkansas. I think Arkansas is on a roll. Um, I think that game is going to be close. I think uh, twelve points is real generous. Um, against Arkansas because as we as we've seen, uh, other than when they played us, I mean they've been playing phenomenal football defensively. So I think twelve points is real generous um, considering what they've done since they played us. So um, I'm very interested to see that game. I think I think Arkansas can pull that game off on the road. Um, if Felipe don't be Felipe doesn't have Felipe moments um, mm-hmm. and they and they keep him poised and everything works out, I think Arkansas has a great chance of winning that football game. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would venture to take the Hogs uh, plus 12.5 just in the sheer fact that I think if they lose, they're going to lose no more than 10, by no more than 10. So I, I think they'll cover if they don't win outright. So um, I, I'm real interested in that game. Alabama-Mississippi State, that's going to be kind of a, 
that's going to be a laugher, I think, unfortunately, uh, for, for State. Kylan Hill has decided to opt out. Um, when he recovers from his ankle injury, he's just gonna he's just gonna take it on the road. Uh, Old Miss Vandy, that's probably gonna be a laugh or two. The over under is sixty four. I think Old Miss will cover most of that by themselves. Um, that that game's gonna get ugly for 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 Derek Mason and, and staff. Uh, th- there's just gonna have to be a change there, unfortunately. And and they hired two brand new coordinators. So unfortunately for them, th- th- this is a one and done. Uh, and and they just walked into a bad situation. Uh, Ole Miss is just, you know, they're going to exacerbate that. But I think the end is near for for Mace. And then uh, LSU-Auburn, I'm interested to see how they handle the quarterback situation at LSU. Um, do they go with Finley? Do they go with Miles Brennan if he's healthy? You know, what, what, what can they do? Can they be explosive LSU or can they be dreadful LSU? Which LSU team is going to come out? Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm interested in too. Um, just to see – you know, can, can LSU keep the magic that they had last week? Because I think they look very, very, very good offensively and defensively. So, um, can they keep that magic rolling? Um, who, who are they going to go with? And that's a question that they have to answer through this week. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be a really good game. Auburn's Auburn. I mean, we know we're going to get out of them. And uh, can the LSU defense hold Auburn? You know, because Auburn still, Auburn still is explosive. You know, um, mm-hmm. Nick's hit hit Williams on that touchdown. Um, at the uh, last couple seconds of the game against Ole Miss, so they they still are very explosive. But can you keep Nick's bottled up and make him make decisions? Um, can you get him frustrated? That's the thing. If you get that offense frustrated, they're done for the rest of the game. So yep. I think they're if really LSU can get him frustrated and um, hit him, play hard nosed football, I think LSU is going to have their way with Auburn. And I think Gus Malzahn is on the way out, um, especially if that game gets ugly Saturday yep. night. I think if that get if that game gets ugly, the the power brokers at Auburn, if they haven't already started, uh, they're they're collecting the they're collecting the buyout money. I think I think they're collecting it as we speak. But you know, if LSU runs them out of the building, especially at home, you might see some shakeup sooner rather than later. So, um, Israel, it's been fun to get back in the saddle. Georgia's off a of bye week now. We can finally talk about some action. So I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, want to thank our sponsors, uh, BetOnline.ag. Uh, they do a great job of of providing a great great uh, avenue to uh, to make bets with. So, um, be sure to check them out. Be sure to check us out on social media at Believe in Dogs, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Troopstar on Instagram and Twitter at Burton on on the on the gram and at CoachBurton36 on Twitter. You can find us in any of those locations. Israel, any final words before we wrap? No, I'm just excited for a, a full slate of SEC football, and I'm looking forward to sitting down on the couch. And uh, We're off Friday night, so um, I have enough time probably go hunting um, Saturday morning and then get ready for football, nice long day of football Saturday evening. So it's going to be fun. What are you hunting for? Uh, we got we got a couple of uh eight points that's been riding by my that's been walking by my food plot, um. So I'm gonna see if one will pop out and try to grab me one this weekend. It's supposed nice. to be it's like 85 degrees here now, um, and oh, then wow. it's gonna downpour later on this afternoon, going into tomorrow, and then this weekend's supposed to be beautiful. It's supposed to be 72, um, low 50s in the morning, um, down here in South Georgia. So I'm looking forward to that. Maybe they'll be walking this weekend. Oh wow! Okay. 
uh, deer hunting. So that that'll be fun. My my uh, my in laws are uh, are big pheasant hunters and uh, duck hunters. They go to they go to Missouri oh. and and Dakotas and they go they shoot birds. So. <laughs> No, I'm not really a bird shooter. They move a little bit too fast for me. I like something that's set, sitting still yeah. um, where I can aim and get it. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I hadn't shot anything. So uh, I, I would – whoever <laughs> takes me whoever takes me on a hunting trip will be the, the first one. It'll be my first trip. So whoever gets that whoever gets that distinct honor will, will probably have to coach me through a lot of it. So um, I grew up in the city, man. I, I You know, there wasn't much hunting going on. In my world, so I was too busy playing football, yeah. baseball, basketball. I was doing it all, man. So didn't have time. Didn't have time to go hunting, but doesn't mean I don't like it. But just didn't have time for it. Um, and I've gotten into fishing lately, anyway. So uh, that's kind of been my mode of oh, outdoor good. activity. And I like going. I like going inshore fishing. That's really a lot of fun down in Florida. So um, I've gotten pretty good. Um, gotten decent. I kind of understand. I, I got a really good cast, actually. So. But, uh, the cast yeah. is most important. Yeah, you, you got to know where to cast, and you got to have good casting technique to get the most out of it. So, um, there you go. I've only I've only got it catastrophically hung up on some mango um, mangroves uh, <laughs> a couple times, where it's like you're it's stuck so bad, like you're pulling the boat back towards the mangroves. So, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I was having we've such all good been luck. there. Trust me. Oh, there. oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, and uh, I was having such a good good luck day one time. A fish just jumped right in the boat, like didn't didn't hook him or anything. He just jumped right in the boat. So, you know you're you're you know you're in for a good day when that happens. Unfortunately, he wasn't big enough to keep, but still. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got those little ones back. Yeah, we got those little ones back. Can't break any laws. So exactly. There you go. All right. Well, Israel, uh, it's been great. Uh, again, find us. Well, wherever you get your uh, podcast, subscribe, rate, review, all of that good stuff. Find us on social media. Hit us up. Uh, want to uh, want to let you guys know that we'll be on with Vinny Hardy and Tony Delk uh, tomorrow. We're going to record tomorrow, probably uh, for a Friday release. So uh, stay tuned for that. We will we will deep dive into the Georgia Kentucky matchup. So have a great day. If you are in the path of Hurricane Zeta, stay safe. Stay dry if you're just in the path of of the rainstorms. Stay dry. And uh, as always, go dogs. Dogs, you guys be safe out there. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.